0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Coffee and Ketchup podcast. I am Zan or Vangelina Skov, whatever you want to call me, and we also have... I'm Megan, welcome back for episode two. Episode two, yes. In today's episode we're going to be talking about education, I think mainly third level, but we'll also talk a little bit about our different paths in education across all the years. But before we do that, let us tell you about our coffees. Megan, what do you have today?
1: I have a double chocolate mocha as our Instagram poll told me which I'm very thankful for because that um, cinnamon one did not look appealing don't get me wrong I love cinnamon but I just look rank man That look ranked as hell <laughs>
0: yeah. and if you want the opportunity to vote on mo- more polls not mo polls you can follow us on Instagram at CACU podcast
1: yes follow our, our Twitter as well at CACU <laughs> <laughs> I know the name of our podcast, CAC Podcast, uh, for updates on when our podcasts go live and probably other shit. I don't know, we don't have other shit on there now, but we will, hopefully.
0: And I do want to emphasize for the people who aren't actually watching this on YouTube that Megan does indeed have her coffee in a skull cup and... (laughs) I I mean, it
1: seems appropriate because we're talking about education and I study bones. But also, this is now my new favourite mug. Halloween (laughs) is my favourite season because I'm getting dorm room decor from the Halloween decor.
0: I love that. (laughs) But I have a Skull Cup as well. I should have used it. But for some reason, that cup can't deal with hot liquids it started to crack on the inside. So I just have my regular yellow cup that says premium coffee for a beautiful morning and I just have (laughs) a regular uh, (laughs) coffee with milk.
1: That is a giant mug and it also matches your wardrobe which I love.
0: It does match my wardrobe. I do want to say as well because um you know I have merch for my youtube channel. I ordered my own mug in yellow so I can match. Yes. (laughs) But that is unrelated to education. So, let us talk about that. Do you want to explain what you mean that you uh, study bones? (laughs) Dead people. No. uh, So, well, I don't. I say I study dead people because technically
1: I will. I just haven't started yet because coronavirus (laughs) is a (laughs) bitch. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm starting a master's in. human osteology and paleopathology. I always have to say it like that because it sounds pretentious, so I have to say it in a pretentious way to make mm-hmm. it feel less awkward. Um, but I'm not starting till January because
0: pandemic times. Woo. I'm going to translate your degree for the people who don't know. That is old bones and old diseases. In humans, yeah. specifically. See, you get it. My mom does not.
1: She gets the osteo part because she's got osteoporosis, but she does not get the rest of it. <laughs> she's I like ah to... something bones
0: yeah no i did have to google it but once i googled it i was like ah bone lady i i realized you are the bone lady by the way
1: i'm bones but with old bones not new bones which frankly is
0: more difficult so i'm cooler than bones. i would argue far more interesting
1: yeah because they're like long dead. Weird dead people
0: i started <laughs> reading this book recently
1: um it's kind of like a you know textbook sort of thing but it's about how people used to use um, cadaver medicine so they like used to crush up bones or like drink human blood and all of this stuff it's very
0: interesting
1: weird but interesting
0: like a lot of english
1: kings used to do it for what purpose um the blood was supposed to be good for epilepsy and you'd crushed up human skulls for to help with bruising and so I don't know that any of it actually worked I haven't got to that section of the book yet but um yeah I don't know I just I saw it on a recommended on Instagram and I was like yes, that was interesting so I started reading it I was like this is
0: interesting I would kind of like to read that though although even if it does work uh drinking human blood and eating crushed up skulls is frowned upon and probably yeah. illegal it's frowned upon now it was not frowned upon at the time which is even more interesting Oh, don't you just miss the old days when we could drink blood all <laughs> we wanted to? I know, like gladiator matches. <clears throat> people used to run out into the arena and drink blood from the
1: gladiators who had died. And it was just a thing that people did. What? It's
0: just a part of gladiator matches. You know a lot of weird facts about dead people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, a fun job.
0: It's like your party trick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was just a at a party and I was like, did you know? <laughs> Vampires are, in a sense, real. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love that. See, I, I have far less interesting fun facts. But to bring us back to the beginning of education, let's go there. So, we already mentioned in episode one that we went to primary school together. People yes. already know that. And then I left, I went to a different primary school, you stayed on. There's not much we can really say about primary school. I don't primary think. Primary school's primary school. I mean, I think the only
1: different. Thing about our primary school experience is that we did it in Irish, which was a little weird, but it's not that like, oh my god, crazy. I mean, people always think it is when you're like, yeah, I went to school in Irish. (laughs) Just like we just spoke in Irish all day, which a lot of Irish people think is a dead language. So, great job, Ireland.
0: (laughs) You're doing great, sweetie.
1: (laughs) I know. The amount of times they're like, hey, we're going to take it off the Leaving Cert. And I'm like,
0: if you do that, it
1: really is dead.
0: Because Why would you no kill one will it? voluntarily
1: take Irish.
0: Yeah, there's be like a handful of people that'll do it and that's it. Yeah, it'll end up like Classical Studies. Like Classical Studies is on the Leaving Cert exam, but most schools don't
1: teach it. So they don't, you know like most people don't take it or like Japanese is on it but most schools don't teach it so most people don't take it I'm sure Irish would end up as like one of those weird niche ones that people take because they studied it outside of school Mm -hmm. or they're like they're fluent in it
0: yeah what's really sad is though because like we both obviously spoke Irish all the time you went to an Irish speaking secondary school I didn't but you know I was still fluent but now because you know I finished secondary school and I moved out of Ireland I don't hear it at all. I've yeah forgotten Irish. Whenever I try to think of how, how to say something in Irish, I think of it in German. I don't even speak German. <laughs> That's so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dang, I'm dying of cold.
1: Um, yeah, like I was I've been thinking recently about doing a like day of the life vlog, but entirely through Irish. And even just like thinking of like how to say an introduction in Irish or how to explain the video concept in Irish, like obviously I'd have subtitles at the bottom and I think I'd do the intro and the Explanation in English and then k- Translate them into Irish anyway, but um, even just like trying to think through those in my head. I'm like Damn, four years and I've lost a lot of
0: Irish. Yeah, it's mad how quick it goes Like I'm trying to even think how we would introduce this podcast like Dīgwīt Tomeg old cafe. Cafe? Is that coffee in Irish? See, that's also the annoying thing about Irish is a lot
1: of newer words like are just English words that you say with an accent because people stopped speaking Irish you know, as the native language before these words existed so like a lot of the times you think you're saying a word wrong but if you look it up it's like no, it actually is just English with an accent (laughs) No, I love how there were Words that existed, like Garden of which literally translates to Garden of Animals, but is like the word for zoo, got turned into zoo. <laughs> There's not supposed to be a Z in the, in the Irish alphabet. But now there is. They just added it
0: for the word zoo.
1: <laughs> just literally just for the word zoo. Honestly, I'm surprised that computer has its own word and isn't just computer
0: do you did you didn't have to read that because you know there's different um stories and stuff you have to read for the irish leaving cert and we had one and it was like this husband and wife who were like i don't know they i can't remember they were fighting or they didn't like each other or something but in that story she said computer instead of revera, which for the people who don't know revera is the irish word for computer she said computer you know, you know what modern word we actually have
1: that isn't just English with a father put in the middle. <laughs> she just <laughs> made it up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's especially bad for a state exam. Like I could maybe understand, you know, in someone, if someone wrote a book in Irish, that that might be the slang term for a computer. So, you know, you'd, you'd let them away with putting slang terms in a book. But in an exam that's yeah. testing your Irish comprehension skill, <laughs> I'm you i <laughs> I'm just- I'm very bitter about how they treat Irish- Irish in this country. Especially that they let people with dyslexia just not take it. Which, like, I understand if your dyslexia is so bad that you have trouble with other languages. Like, I definitely had- I- I have dyslexia for anyone in our audience who doesn't know. I mentioned it quite a lot! <laughs> it's my fake excuse for why I'm shit at everything. Oh. Um, no, it's just whenever I misspell something because I'm being lazy, I'm like, I'm just like, fuck you. And, and like, nobody
0: can say, no, that's not an excuse, because it is, actually.
1: <laughs> but, like, it legitimately, I think, was the reason I found French so difficult. Because French is one of those languages where the last three letters don't exist. And if I can't phonetically spell something, then I can't spell it a lot of the times. So I had a lot of trouble with French. But, like, I, I went through, what, like, 16 years of school entirely through Irish and I had no trouble and so many of the people I know who have dyslexia and t- stopped taking Irish because if you have dyslexia you don't have to take a language like excelled in their foreign languages so I'm like you're just not taking it because you don't want to it's not because you actually have a difficulty in comprehending the language mm-hmm. and also like I don't fully understand that because for most college courses you need to have passed Irish, so I don't know if they get an exemption from that as well, which seems doubly stupid, I don't know, it just, it pisses me off, like I understand that some people do need it, and I'm fully, like, fair play, whatever, you don't have to take it if you're really struggling in it, but the amount of people who are like, the minute they got a diagnosis of dyslexia, they're like, later Irish! I'm just like, it's so
0: disrespectful, people died for our language, people! Yes. So I think maybe it should be like a case-by-case case, sort of.
1: Yeah. Or like, you know, if the teachers could see that you're struggling in Irish, then maybe they would recommend that you drop it. You know, mm-hmm. like that makes sense. Because I feel like if if you're struggling with something because of your dyslexia, then it, it, it makes it hard. You can't just like study it more. It's always going to be that little bit of difficulty with it.
0: Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't That's my rant about Irish. <laughs> Okay. yeah well, maybe me and you should like practice Irish again so we get back into it, and then I don't know complain at people that they need to learn <laughs> be like, excuse you, do what we do, follow our ways
1: <laughs> it is it is fun for bitching about people who are right next to you though the main reason my mother and i, to... <laughs> <laughs> She's I like, you that person never... no i i don't i don't I don't really like it when she does that but it's better than doing it in English while they're next to you. That's true. But you know, like we don't we don't do it often. But you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like or if we're on a bus and someone's being very like disruptive and they're the kind of person that like y- you know you don't want to go near, but you don't mm-hmm. want to say something about because they'll come at you, then you just start bitching. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's gonna be really handy if we ever do actually take that Japan trip we were planning for next <laughs> year, which is not gonna happen next year because COVID um but when we're in japan yeah well yeah yeah, we can speak irish and people won't know what we're talking about if we're really confused and we're like i don't know what this food they're trying to give me is but you don't want to be rude because i think that's kind of rude over there Mm. possibly we can just be like what is this
1: (laughs) i feel like also having irish makes you seem like less of that like obnoxious english tourist like, English-speaking tourist who doesn't need to learn your language because you should learn my language. Yeah. If you start breaking out the Irish, they're like, oh, they know another language. It's okay.
0: Yeah, no, I always feel like that when I travel anywhere. I'm like, I'm just that obnoxious English speaker again. I said that sentence wrong, but that's fine. People know what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Obnoxious English speaker. Apparently, that's a difficult sentence. <laughs>
1: hey, at least i you can say the name of our... Um, Instagram and Twitter handles. I can't
0: apparently. CACU podcast for anybody who's wondering. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. <laughs> no I'm kidding. I mean, fair excuse. Um, but back to education. So yes, off topic. Yes. Well, we're a little bit on topic because we both learned Irish. Uh, we both did it for leaving, but you did secondary completely through Irish. Um, I went to two different secondary schools, which is something people probably might not know unless they heard about it in the previous episode. Although we don't expect you to memorize everything that we said. There is no quiz at the end (laughs) of the season. Oh my god, let's add a quiz at the end of the season. Yes, oh my god. This is the end of season one, guys. Here's your pop quiz. Were you studying? (laughs) Have people cramming the night before. Education, see? (laughs) Just have all
1: the podcasts on two times speed.
0: Mm. so yeah i went to one secondary school which is in Tipperary, and then went to a different secondary school and then what was interesting there because secondary school is a sort of a different experience to move because i moved in the middle of primary and in the middle of secondary with primary it's like fine you have to make new friends and all that but like educationally it's not a big deal yeah and also younger kids i feel like are less of a dick (laughs) about new people coming in yeah but no there were some nice people in the secondary school i moved to but the problem was that i moved in the middle of fifth year so for people who aren't irish the leaving cert is in fifth and sixth year and you start from the very beginning of everything you're going to do in that final exam at the end of sixth year at the end of school so i moved in the middle of fifth year so classes had already started people had already been learning stuff and the stuff that they were learning like And English and Irish and other stuff was different to what I had been learning previously. Yeah. So I had to completely change everything and like catch up and relearn. The only issue with that was that I was not a good student and I didn't care about studying. So I just didn't.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. And like, yeah, because it's, um, there's like about, I think it's like 12 books or something or 12 things on the English exam so you know different schools pick different things and then there's a compare and contrast section so what each school picks are kind of supposed to have themes that match sort of thing so you know you end up with a a weird variety depending on the school you go to which also makes it difficult for people who are repeating because they have to relearn the entire English course over again but um yeah I I can imagine it'd be really difficult but like also the annoying thing is like you could have just done what you had done before because it doesn't matter if your exam doesn't match up with everyone else's exam as long as you are writing it on materials that are on the exam it's fine it doesn't it doesn't matter that you're not writing it on the same books as everyone else because I know one or two people from my class are having difficulty with I don't know, something we were doing. So the teacher was like, okay, you can study this book, this movie, this play instead. And, you know, it'll just go better with, with, you know, your form of study or whatever. So it, they could have, you could have just done that. I feel like they, some schools are very like, no, you have to do it our way. I don't care where you came from. I don't care how long you've been studying your way. You need to do it our way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think with my, I'm trying to remember, it's kind of hard to remember all this stuff now because it was so long ago, but like, I think for English, for the compare and contrast stuff, we'd already kind of started that and they were fine with me keeping what I had done, if I'm remembering correctly. And then the poetry, you know, you have your set poets anyway. So that was kind of fine. I think it was for Irish. They were like, yeah, you have to do what we're doing. Now My Irish teacher wasn't bad or anything. I think it was just that It would have caused him issues with like me participating in the class with what everybody else was doing and discussing stuff and so i just had to do what they were doing and then the other difficulty was i think maths you know they had gotten a different pace than i had been going so they were already on something else and i hadn't been there um i'm trying to think of the other subjects like what subjects did i do
1: science did you do any of the science i did a
0: chemistry thing yeah A chemistry thing i did a chemistry thing
1: i did chemistry until fifth year then i dropped out (laughs) i wish i had (laughs) i i I love how my master's is in science i didn't do science for
0: the leaving sir at all me that's fine you don't need (laughs) to i yeah i wanted to do physics originally actually but because the school i was in originally was in Tipperary town it was very small and there weren't enough people who wanted to do physics so i couldn't do it so i just picked chemistry instead That was really bad. (laughs) But again, I didn't try.
1: (laughs) I did chemistry because I originally wanted to be a vet, and you need chemistry to get into veterinary college. Um, But I thought. in fourth year is like transition year, so it's it's not like a proper school year in most schools. Some schools don't have a fourth year at all. You just go straight into fifth and sixth. Um, some schools, it's mandatory like mine. Some schools, it's optional. Some schools, it's a lottery where only like a certain percentage of the class can get into fourth year. But um, so it's, it's not a proper school year. And a lot of schools, most schools, I think, who have it will encourage the kids to do weeks of work experience so you don't go to school for for three weeks and you do work experience somewhere so i did one of my work experiences in events and i i at the time i was like oh this is you know interesting but i think kind of the more i thought about it and the more i thought about how much work and how much study i was gonna have to put in to get Just get into veterinary school and then like how much of that I was going to have to keep up to pass because my mom and my aunt always said Like if you're working yourself to the bone to get into a college course, how much harder you're going to have to work to, you know, stay on top in that course Um, And so I think when I failed my Christmas exam in fifth year for chemistry, I was kind of like, you know, honestly, I don't want this that much So I dropped out and I tried going into biology because my friends were in biology. That's not why I wanted to do it. My friends were in it, and from what they were saying, they were learning. I was like, that is interesting. Um, I, you know, that's interesting. And I had more than enough exam subjects that I could have just not taken the exam for it Um, because you only need six. I had eight. Uh, This would have been my ninth subject, I think. So I could have easily just not, you know, just sat in the class and not taking the exam for it, um, if I felt like I was struggling and just, you know, enjoyed the class. But it was very full, so they wouldn't let me join. Even though by then a few people had dropped out because they too had failed their Christmas exams, or like decided they didn't need it anymore. And I was just kind of like, "Bitch, five people dropped out, and you're not letting one me in? I'm tiny. Let me
0: in. One me. <laughs> one me." I'm half a person, look at me, I'm short Well, I guess in a way that it was kind of good that you failed your chemistry Because you found your way to your, you know, your uh, third level I can't speak English for some reason right now Which is difficult when we're filming a podcast (laughs) All audio Yeah, all audio Uh, Yeah, you found your way to your uni course that you did do, which you ended up loving Yeah It's
1: unemployable, but yeah (laughs)
0: Why don't you tell the people what you did for your unemployability?
1: I studied archaeology and classical studies, because I'm a fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> I also took sociology in year. so at my university, you can, for the arts program, you can take, you have to take three subjects, you can take four in first year, and then your degree ends up just being in two subjects, so when I was filling out my um, CAO, which is the, the like, state form you fill out, and it you pick what college courses you want, and they all go out like anonymously at the same time, and then all your um, acceptances or, or declines come in at the same time. Well, I think you want to get your first choice acceptance, and then if you decline that one, then it'll go through the others. But anyway, so when I was filling out my CAO, I put down sociology and archaeology as what I wanted to do. And I, know I, I knew at the time I didn't want to do sociology for the full three years. I knew I just wanted to do it in first year, but I knew from a friend of mine who had started the arts program at the same university the year before that the sociology class, despite having the highest number of, of students permitted, filled up the fastest. So I was like, if I put it down in my CAO then as soon as I get in, I'll already have a place. I don't have to fight for a place. Mm -hmm. And I also knew from my friend, from Sky actually, that the classics one was usually like still had places after everyone had already signed up for all of their classes because it's not hugely popular. So I was like, even if I get a really late date to pick my classes, there probably will still be classes available in classics. I actually got a really early date so I still had loads of um, options. So I did archaeology, sociology and classics in first year. I was planning on doing four subjects, but then the issue with if you do four subjects is you can do you have to do less modules because you still have 60 credits to fill. So, you know, it's like three credit three module three classes spread over 60 credits or four classes spread over 60 credits and there was a load of archaeology and classics ones that I wanted to take so I just stuck with the three and I only ended up doing two sociology classes and they were both in semester one so technically I only did sociology for one semester as well (laughs) which it turns out was a blessing in disguise because I fucking hated sociology tip to anyone starting college if after the introductory lecture, you don't understand the class, leave because you never will understand it. You don't understand the introduction, you're never going to get it. Uh, after the introduction to both of my sociology classes, I did not get it. I did not like it. And like an idiot, I stuck with it. I should have swapped into a different subject while I still had time. I should have done history or something that would have been useful to me. Um, but no, I was an idiot. I stayed there for another 12 weeks. I barely, barely passed. (laughs) It's very lucky that my uh, first year grades don't count in my overall GPA. I don't think I would have gotten into a master's program.
0: Wait, does first year not count into your GPA?
1: You think you get a GPA, and when you're in second year, obviously it counts because it's the only GPA you've got. They can't just, like, not count it. But when you're applying for master's programs, you're second year and third year GPA are the only ones who count I had four years I I did four years of college but my third year didn't count because I was on Erasmus so um it was a pass-fail year so I didn't have a GPA so yeah they only when you're applying for a master's program they only count the your final two years they don't count first year
0: I did not know that that's pretty nice of them, that's pretty chill, yeah,
1: because like I feel like that
0: is really good because a lot of people do struggle and like
1: like my grades went from very bad GPA first semester to very good second semester because I was doing so much better. also I wasn't taking those sociology classes <laughs> but, you know like i i I've gotten a handle on things I wasn't afraid of the library anymore. Um, I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure throughout the entire first semester, I didn't get a physical book out of the library at all. I just used online resources because the library scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. It was so big. But, you know, like like second semester, my grades were way up just because I was a lot more confident in everything. I was a lot more confident, like reaching out and asking for help and stuff if I needed it as well. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember my first year and my first time going to college that the library was like, I don't want to be here. I went once and I think I just went in and went out. And I was like, I can't do this. The anxiety. And I was like, I'm just going to get a coffee. So
1: Yeah, we had a short term loan section, which is usually where like the textbooks that the teachers recommended for the classes, they were in short term loan because there was probably only like two or three of them so you're only allowed keep them out for 48 hours to kind of make it a little more fair so that section was a lot smaller because it was usually just all the textbooks for all the courses that was kind of the only books that were in there um so I just used to go in there all the time because it was small it was easy to figure out what everything was and anytime anyone anything had like bracket general in the thing it was like I don't need that book! I mean, the title is exactly what my essay is on, but I don't need that book! (laughs) Oh, love. It was was so confusing. No, but like, I've met people um, going into second year who've never stepped foot in the library, and I'm like... But you know what the main reason is? I gotta shout out my peer mentor. In my college, you had two days of orientation before classes started, and you had a peer mentor who took you around campus, who Got you your card. Who showed you where you could get your um, transport pass for students and all of this stuff? My guy never took us into the library or the gym. You want to know the two things I was most afraid of in college? The library and the gym. Fu mentor, did. <laughs> so when I when I signed up to be a peer mentor, I took people into the library. I gave them a short, you know, like brief description of how to find things in the library. I also showed them how to find uh, classrooms in the college because like the lecture halls were easy to find, the classrooms were difficult because the codes dictated what floor they were on as well as what room it was. So if it was like room F235 it was the F block second floor room 35 you know so I kind of showed them how to do that and then taking them into the gym was the first time I was ever in the gym. (laughs) And that is when I stopped being afraid of the gym. That is great, though. (laughs) I finally went in. But yeah, like, it's just, I feel like you need, the whole point of having the peer mentor there is to show you these things, show you how they work. And even if they don't, like, tell you how to find the classrooms or how to find your books, at least you've stepped foot in the library already. So when I had my group, I was like, I'm going to give you guys everything that was taken from me because my guy was a lazy shit. I could have gotten Sky our friend sky was a peer mentor that year i should have just hopped in with her group <laughs> should have should abandoned be. my uh, but also my second day of peer mentoring was the day after my deb so i may have been slightly very hang- hungover
0: just just a little bit <laughs> i really wish they had done because I, I hadn't really i knew that your college had peer mentors i would never really thought about it but i wish the first one i went to had have had that because On my first day, I remember crying because I was so lost. I didn't know a single person there, and it was just awful. And if we had had that, I don't know if... I probably wouldn't have stayed, but it would have made my time there easier, you know?
1: Yeah, because that's the whole thing. Like, I don't know anyone who stayed friendly with the people they met in their peer mentor group. Most people don't ever see the people from their peer mentor group ever again. But at least you have those, like, five people that you've already met, you've already talked to, and you've already realized that everyone here is as scared and confused as you are. So even if you never see those five people again, at least you know, like, oh, everyone here is, you know, the same. And if I could talk to them, then I can, I can talk to these other people because, you know, we're, like, we're all in the same boat kind of thing. But yeah, I I don't know. I think I would have been so stressed because I was so stressed out like before going. I kept bugging sky about like, how do I find my classrooms? And where is this? And where is that? And how do I do this? And she was like, if you find once you get there, you'll figure it out. But I love how um cuz you came to my dance with me. There's a picture of the three of us outside my secondary school. Dance is like a prom for anyone who doesn't know, but it takes place um at the end of sixth year at the end of summer so like you've gone through sixth year you've done your exams and most cases a lot of people are about to start or have already started college by the time the devs is on so it's kind of nice like get back together see if everyone got what they wanted how their grades went you know yada yada but so eva came as my date or zan do you prefer zan
0: yeah, but it's okay if you get confused because you've known me for like 18 years as Eva, so like... <laughs>
1: Zan came with me to the dads, but um, our friend Skye was also there, so there's a picture of the three of us outside my secondary school, me and Zan in our fancy getup, and <laughs> Sky in her UCD peer mentor t-shirt, <laughs> looking 10
0: out of 10 on fleek. Yes, yeah, she looks the best out of all three of us, let's not lie here. I do but also... No, I just love how um we gave her a lift to UCD
1: because I had my peer mentor. I had my orientation and she was being a peer mentor and um, we were late. So she was late for her job. going oh, Scott.
0: Oh dear. I do also love about that picture that I was very blonde at the time. You were very ginger and she was brunette. We were Charlie's angels. <laughs> Is Charlie your mum in that case?
1: My dad? I don't know.
0: Somebody's Charlie. Someone your brother. Charlie. Your brother's Charlie. My
1: brother's Charlie. Yeah.
0: I'm. I'm gonna briefly explain this completely off tangent. The Zan thing is a shortened version of my first name. Yeah. Let me explain for the people who are confused. So my first name is actually Eva Alexandra. Alexandra. You see, that's, that's a lot of Hence brain. The you Zan. Run into
1: this? And then the space. And then the dra. <laughs> figured that out. I figured that out eventually.
0: Very I was fun. like, it's a
1: weird name. And then I sent it all
0: together and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Big I'm big bright. I'm big bright. Well, the Zandra is my, the name I make music under. Um, I originally wanted it to be Zan, but there were 36 Zans on iTunes. And I went, let's not do that.
1: A little but bit too much try. competition.
0: Yeah, just a little yeah. bit. Uh, so it's Zandra. So for anybody who's wondering what the hell is going on with my name, that is that. I tried to change it two years ago. But nobody would call me Zan, so I gave up. I didn't
1: know. I wouldn't called you know. that
0: had I known. You didn't know, in fairness to you. Nobody like, in, that I actually see day to day would do it. Um, but now that I mainly exist on the internet, it was easier.
1: You don't have a physical form anymore. You're just yeah. uh, living inside the internet. Yes, I'm
0: AI. Basically very advanced AI.
1: That's why the video keeps crashing because your AI is too advanced for my internet.
0: Yeah, speaking of AI, I had thought about doing that in uni for a while when I was studying computer development, science stuff, web development, whatever. So (laughs) should I, I, do we have enough caffeine in us to get into my third level so far? Go, are we go, go. are we prepared let me have another sip of coffee before we get this
1: my coffee's <laughs> very cold but
0: <laughs> mine too it's
1: actually all right usually i can't drink cold coffee but this is good i would recommend the double chalk um thing if you've seen it on the instagram but i put milk in instead of hot water because i find that when you like anything that says put in hot water you know any of those drinks it just tastes like hot water With essence of chocolate or something. (laughs) And nasty. So I put in milk instead.
0: That is very clever. I do want to say before we move on to my bullshit. um, (laughs) For anybody that's listening. That hasn't done college. Or is about to do college. Every single person there. Who is starting off. Is just as terrified as you are. They may appear confident. And that is because. And wait for it. Here's the kicker. You're not a mind reader. (laughs) Fear does not look always like shaking and sweating and crying. <laughs> so everybody's terrified. Just keep that in mind. But yeah. I also
1: want to say, mm-hmm. before we start, especially given what's going on with predicted grading in Ireland at the moment, and I'm sure it's the is, uh, same issue in a lot of countries with the pandemic and, and exams and getting into college and whatever. If you have to take a year out, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> -hmm. Like I thought having to take a semester out before starting my masters was gonna be the end of the world because by the time I start my masters and including when we went into lockdown, I will have been like out of like physically going to school for nine months. And I, I, I do get slightly stressed about that because doing transition year at school sort of effed me up for fifth year because I went from an exam year, a state exam year to a DOS year to an exam year and I was kind of stressed and I'm kind of doing the same thing now where like it's a one-year master's program so you know I I don't really have time to f around with it but like you just need to remember that like I know at the time it seems stressful that like everyone starts college at 18 or you know around then and if you're not then you're behind and it's, it's really stressful but like I'm, I'm behind everyone else, technically, because I took an extra year in college, and I'm going to be behind everyone again by at least a semester because of this now. And it's not the end of the world. I know it seems like it because you're not doing everything like as step by step by step as you should be, but like a lot of the times that can be better for some people to just take that break and get out of it. And... sometimes it gives you the opportunity to like decide if that's actually what you want to do or if you're just doing it because it seems like college is the next step that you should be
0: doing Mm -hmm. wise words (laughs) honestly though and i am the poster child for not doing things the way they're supposed to be done yes all hail (laughs) me um so (laughs) i did actually take a year out on purpose not because of any pandemics because that was back in the time before pandemic I know. There was Can a time there was pandemic. I know. It's hard to remember. But <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, so I originally didn't want to do college at all. Like I had no intention of wanting to do it. And uh, so the CAO, Megan explained that earlier, uh, was the, you know, you just put in the college courses you want to, you get your first preference, or your second preference, whatever, they go in order, um, and it's all anonymous. So I only put one course on my CAO because I didn't wanna to go to college. I put um, music tech and I ended up getting it and didn't wanna go. So I ended up deferring for a year, which basically, I don't know if they have this everywhere. They probably do, but it just means, you know, you they keep your place until next year. It's a fairly common thing. So I went away for the year, did my stuff. Then it came time to start college. And I was like, I guess I have to, which is not a good way. <laughs> to go into college if you feel like you have to like you already said if you feel like yeah you it's, have to.
1: it's 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 a education shift it's a social shift it's like basically everything you know a lot of things for a lot of people it's, it's a location shift you know like you're changing so much about your life and if you don't want to do it you're not going to do well because you don't want to be there Especially because no one's on top of you keeping track. No teachers are calling your parents saying you're not showing up to school. No one's handing back your work saying I'm disappointed you could have done better. It's all like on you. And if you don't want to be there, you're not going to do well. You're probably not even going to show up. Because yeah. No one cares if you show up or
0: not. And I'm also the poster child for that, because I did not stay in that course for very long. I obviously did not finish. I hated it from the beginning. I wanted to drop out from the beginning. I should have dropped out at the very beginning so I could keep my free fees for first year, but I did not. So I ended up leaving. Music Tech was part of the arts program. It was a BA, despite the fact that it was in the computer science department and it had a lot to do with music and computer science physics. So I don't know why I was a BA, but I'm sorry, off, not off topic, on tangent slightly. I remembered something about that course that I had completely repressed. And I don't even know if you know this. I don't think we were even talking at the time. I was the first year rep for the music department. I think I vaguely knew that, but also I
1: was like, that's weird. It was
0: weird. But, I mean, I was good at it, and I, like, my whole thing was just organizing stuff for everybody to get together and hang out and stuff, so that was fine, and I was good at it, but then I just kind of left, so it was like, okay, I'm done.
1: Um, Fair though, like, I wanted to be the class rep uh, for my final year of school. Like I thought about it a few years beforehand, but I never fully understood what it was. And then I like I had the form done and I had it signed. You have to have it signed by like a, in my school at least you have to have it signed by like a few people in your like constituency. So like I had it signed and everything. But the day it was due, I had like three essays due at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was like so much panic in my head. I was like, why am I doing this? I don't have time. Like look at how much work I have. But then as soon as I submitted those essays, I was like, I have nothing left to do for another six weeks. this was stupid because it was just that all my midterms were at once but they Mm. were midterms I had nothing left until the end of the year so someone else got it I know the person who got it um the person who got it I know from a like different college group I was in and I had heard from that different college group how they had to have people keep an eye on her because she wasn't doing her job properly and I was like This bodes well for our class repness. And it did, because she never did anything. It also happened that, so our constituency was archaeology, classical studies, and art history. Because it's not, because the arts department is so big, the class reps are only for like, you know, certain classes. Like sociology probably has their own class rep because it's such a big group of people, whereas archaeology and classics and art history are very small classes, so they put them all together. But the problem with that is, as far as I can remember, every class rep we ever had was in art history and wasn't in archaeology or classics. So if they were doing anything, it was with the art history group and it wasn't with us because we never we never saw any, for three years I was in that university, we never saw our class rep at all. So one of the reasons I wanted to run is because I was in archaeology and classics. So at least had two thirds of my constituency were people I knew, or I at least had their email addresses because we were all in the same class. Mm. Um, That was stupid. I should have just gone ahead with it. My friends were all disappointed in me as well because they'd have to sign my form. So they were like, Megan, we wanted hoodies and a night out. And I was like, I know I wanted hoodies too. But if there's a class rep for my masters, I'm going for it. But also that looks good on my CV.
0: (laughs) It really will, really will. But yeah, I still can't believe that I did that. And again, I was good at it, but the final nail in the coffin for me of like, I'm not doing this anymore was I, so the whole entire time I've talked about this a million times. I'm not going to go in depth. Mental health was like down its lowest point. And I just hit this point of it where I was like, Life is meaningless. I'm going to die. Why am I doing stuff that I don't want to do? So I'm just going to leave. I'm going to get out, and I left, and I went to Macedonia, and I had always said that I was going to take a year uh, to fix my mental health or something, or to feel better and get in a good place, and then go back and do it the next year. I didn't do that. i spent a while not knowing what i wanted to do thinking i probably just wouldn't go to college work jobs just worked that was my thing um and then i don't even know if you know this you probably know this i ended up doing college again for business informatics um i remember you vaguely i think when i was
1: visited you uh i think it was like two years ago now uh, when i was in macedonia you were like talking about how it wasn't like, you were doing it, but it wasn't
0: going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, business informatics, because people get confused with this. It's computer science, so, like, programming and stuff with, like, economics and business management, basically. Um, the reason it wasn't going well is because I was... Um, I can't think of the word in English. I was, like, an off-campus student. Okay, um, yeah, And yeah. you Which you have to pay extra for. But that co- particular college was so unorganized and so just horrible that I couldn't find out from my professors i was emailing them and emailing them what i was supposed to be doing like what was on the course what was recommended books anything i think i got an answer from one professor and it was just a mess so i ended up just not doing that and instead i did a development boot camp for computer science for web development basically did that for like a bit over nine months no nine months maybe eight months or something like that um And I had been really excited to do that, and it went okay. Then realized I hated development. (laughs) 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 Like, I can do it, it's fine. Um, That was the plan to work in it, but I was like, I actually just, I hate this, like, I'm miserable. Why would I do this for the rest of my life if I'm going to be miserable? You'll notice with me, it's a lot of trial and error.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's (laughs) nothing wrong with trial and error, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it works for some people. If you're like me and you're very scatty, sometimes it helps. Just maybe, you know, try things in smaller batches rather than applying for different colleges and doing very expensive boot camps and stuff.
1: Yeah, if you have an opportunity to do work placements or an internship in something you think you might be interested in, do it. Mm. Because that's how I didn't waste four years doing vet (laughs) news.
0: Yes. (laughs) And also good tip for people is there's a lot of like online courses you can do for free or there's YouTube tutorials even. So just get a taste of something, even if you know, like, I really want this, get a taste for it first because you might be like, actually, this isn't what I expected.
1: Yeah, like I was doing a course a while ago on forensic anthropology, which is basically what my master's is in. But it was just kind of like to keep me up to date because I don't a forensic course as an elective in college, which is how I knew I wanted to do it. For my masters um and so it was just kind of like to bridge the gap between um between when i finished college and when i was starting my masters but then my laptop died so i stopped going <laughs> but you know like there, there's free courses like that that are well structured they're made to be done online and you know you're not wasting money because they're free or you can get ones that are like cheap and stuff like that and it just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea so whether you like like like
0: this right. we're so wise look at us my god all this life experience we've learned things <laughs> we've learned yeah. but now on the topic of current education um yes. so you've said you're gonna do your master's you want to talk about that a little bit or do you feel like um oh my god <laughs> <laughs> for the people that can't aren't watching this or just listening my cat just jumped down from the top of the wardrobe and scared the absolute shite out of Megan. That was the thump. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she was sleeping up on top of the wardrobe. <laughs> you okay? I don't know
1: what I thought that was, but it kind of scares the hell out. Of me. Yeah, there's okay. a
0: bowl of food on the ground. So if you hear a munch munch, that's what that is. <laughs> Love
1: that. Love your
0: cats. Your cats are great. Yeah, that's Stradivarius, by the way. The other one's the I other do else. love
1: Stradivarius. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, I'm starting my master's in January. <laughs> um, I'm kind of... I I have a friend who's just finishing the exact same master's now. She's just finishing up her, her dissertation. So I do know it's very intensive. It's basically the entire human skeletal system um, plus... Uh, like most, some of the muscles and, and joints and stuff, plus having to tell the difference between human bones and animal bones, plus diseases and stuff, plus what you want, to, whatever you want to do your dissertation in. So I know it's it's a lot. Um, I'm kind of stressed for it, but I'm also happy to be moving again. I like. I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, by the time I moved, I would have lived in three different countries for three different years, for like three consecutive years kind of cool. I'm excited I'm excited to start and it's kind of it's weird because last time I was moving I knew I was coming home because I was moving for Erasmus so um oh yeah also I did an Erasmus for a year. If anyone has the opportunity to go on Erasmus and you can afford it I highly recommend it is a great experience um especially if you like learn a subject that can be interpreted Differently in different countries, like I, I would imagine that like maths and science and stuff like that are sort of the same no matter where you go. But like archaeology and like classics and stuff like I can be done different ways in different places, so it's really interesting. And then because I was sort of like in the center of Europe in a small country that you can like easily get out of. Like for one of my classes, we went on a class trip to the University of Vienna, so I got to like see another university as well. So Highly recommend if anyone has the opportunity, but yeah, when I moved on Erasmus, I knew I was coming home because I had to finish my final year of college, but this time I'm moving and I'm like, I don't know when I'm coming home, I don't know if I'm coming home because the university I'm going to has an Erasmus program for internships, so like you can go abroad and do an internship for a semester or a year. and I'm kind of thinking about that. I want to find out more when I go. And then also I want to like do a PhD. And I don't know if I'll do it at the university I'm going to. But I'll probably do it somewhere in the UK. So it's kind of weird. Like I'm going out into the world. And I don't know if or when I'm coming back. Which is kind of exciting. But also a little like. Because ah, I don't want to be gone for five years. And then have to come home and live in my house
0: yeah that makes sense yeah well for my current thing i uh so (laughs) how do i explain this in the simplest way possible so going back to my original story i as i had said if you've forgotten i had said maybe i was going to go back after a year or something so i had never actually officially dropped out of college which i didn't really realize because it's been like five, four or five years, four years or something. I have no concept of time, um, but about four years. So I kind of just thought, you know, I just am not there anymore. And for the last like very long time, I've actually been planning to uh, apply next year in Ireland as a mature student to do a Bachelor of Science of Psychology, or if I can't get into one of the Bachelor of Science to do a BA in Psychology. Um, and the thing is psychology is something I've been interested in like my whole life at least from teenage years but just the way my education went and me not caring about school it just never happened but applying as a mature student um i don't know how it works in other countries but applying as a mature student it doesn't go off your grades you're like leaving cert your secondary school grades so it's just um you're gonna sneeze <laughs> i'm good <laughs> okay, i look like you're about to sneeze yeah i was. <laughs> okay well bless you in advance But anyway yeah it doesn't go off your grades but you it's kind of harder to get in because there's more competition you have to do like motivational letters give your cv prove that you're the best candidate rather than just these are my grades um but yeah psychology is what i wanted to do and then i started getting emails from my old college it turns out the emails were sent to me by mistake um like it was something about tax it was just a mistake but it got me thinking wait am i still a student at this college because they still have me in their records so I didn't even email them, I didn't call them. I wanted to call them. but uh, The phone line was down or something, I guess, because of COVID, they're not in office. Um, So they have a live chat on the website. So I started talking to the live chat for like an hour or so. It turns out I'm still a student. And according to the live chat, she checked with registration and the course and stuff, I could repeat first year. Um, But here's the fun part. The course that I did is no longer a course so (laughs) she checked with transfers and with registration and i was on her part what she told me was that i've been approved to transfer into first year of general arts which means i could pick my subjects from there uh so that's kind of the plan it's not for sure yet because i had to email them my registration document which said which subjects i wanted to take um so i picked psychological studies criminology and international development yes (laughs) um yes very fancy uh but they haven't gotten back to me yet and it's been like almost two weeks if not two weeks yeah I think it's been I think it has been because you were
1: emailing me telling me well not emailing you were messaging (laughs) me telling me like you know they've given you these different options of like how you could come back and stuff and that seemed like it was about two weeks ago
0: yeah so they haven't gone back to me yet and there is still a chance they're gonna be like actually there's been a mistake you can't come back or something like that and I'm kind of trying like I'm trying not to get my hopes up just in case that is the outcome and because they've taken so long to get back to me. Um, But that is the plan and I hope it works out. The only difficulty with that is gonna be, so since it's not doing a psychology degree, it's doing psychological studies as part of a general BA, it's not accredited by the PSI or the Psychological Society Ireland thing. Um, But what I can do, and I found this out, is there are, well in Dublin there are two masters master's of science that I can do that accept bachelors that aren't PSI accredited. There's others in the country. And then there are also, so those are year long. And then there are also two year conversion courses. So I can do either of those and get the accreditation. And then I will already have a master's and can go on and do a PhD after that. And we'll be accredited. So that's the plan. I hope it works. (laughs) So this will be the doctors' coffee and catch up in a few years. Yes. Oh my God! Amazing. We'll be there with our doctors. doctors. Yes. It's gonna be. We'll be doctor
1: doctors. We'll be PhD doctors, which is (laughs) cooler.
0: Well, if I so my current plan is to go into clinical psychology. I think Um, I might end up doing genetics or something. God only knows. But the current plan is. Uh, clinical psychology which would mean I would be working in like in medical world oh yeah so I would be a not doctor doctor working with doctor doctors (laughs) (laughs) great amazing
1: (laughs) it's so cool but yeah um just were you saying there's been a delay it's I I wonder if the delay is because so here in Ireland like we were saying with the leaving cert which we do at the end of sixth year and the grades from that your your overall points, which is sort of like a GPA. I think it, you know, it ends up being like your GPA, but it's out of 600, not out of four point, whatever. But um, uh, those determine what college courses you are eligible for, along with what exam subjects you took. For example, like veterinary study, you need to have taken chemistry and have a certain number of points to get in kind of thing. Um, But the issue is the Leaving Cert is all one exam that you do over like a two or three week period, uh, at the end of sixth year, there's like oral exams and there's a practical art exam, which take place like during sixth year. But like, you know, the entire process is a sit down exam thing. Um, obviously that couldn't happen with COVID. So they decided we're going to do, um, we're just going to grade you off all the work you've already done and give you a made up grade. Which is fine if you're in college or if your system is set up for that. The Leaving Cert is not set up for that. So there's a lot of people who are very upset about that. Um, the points have gone way up, which is sort of affect everybody for next year as well. Because anyone looking to get into a course are going to see the points being really, really high. And obviously the points aren't going to be high next year because hopefully everyone will be back to like doing the exam normally. Um, but it also means like there's no there's no actual basis for like how many points you need to get in now because it's not helpful. But um, and yeah, it's, it's just a lot of issues with it. But the, another one of the issues is 10 percent of the papers that got graded got graded wrong and got graded lower. So they have to let 10 percent of people into college courses now. So that might be where your issue is, because that happened about two weeks ago. So I think I, I'm not keeping up to date with it, but from what I've seen, they kind of have to let these people in, and because everything's online, um, it's sort of okay to let them in because you don't need there to be only 600 students to fit in a classroom because there isn't a classroom anymore. So I, I think they're letting them in, but that might be why there's a bit of delay is because you know there's there's well, there's you know there's issues with everything that's going on, but hopefully that means that if you do get in then they won't be as harsh on you for missing a certain number of weeks because a lot of people will have missed you know weeks of school and stuff so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i hope so it might
1: be a win-win kind of thing i don't know
0: yeah i mean i i hope that's the case i'm also quite lucky in the fact that um so a lot of students going in now will have part-time jobs and stuff like that my job and my full-time job for the last while has been YouTube, which means I can fully integrate that around college and catching up with everything that I've missed. And luckily, and here's going to be the moral of my messy story, it was, okay, so you were ready to, you know, go into college immediately, and that linear path worked for you. And then there are other people who that doesn't work for them, but they think they need to. And I tried to do that, and it didn't work for me. But now five years later after finishing secondary school i know for a fact that i'm in a place where i'm mentally and financially and physically good to do college and i want to do it so now is like the time for me to do it and that's okay you know
1: yeah like there's there's, i mean i mean for the archaeology there were so many mature students in archaeology and a lot of them were like people who were retired and were just going back because they were interested in archaeology but some of them had said to me they were like I spent my entire life doing something I didn't really like just to get a paycheck but now that I'm retired I'm going back and I'm studying the thing I like I'm, ne- I'm never gonna get a job in it because I'm retired now but You know, like, at least now I'm kind of learning the thing I like. And I think that's kind of sad. I mean, it's nice that they, you know, I finally got around to it. But they're never going to be able to, you know, get into the field kind of thing. And I think it's kind of sad. So, you know, if you need a five-year break before you decide what you want, or if you need those five years to get in the right space to be studying, then I do that because that's better than wasting Four, three or four years in college doing something you don't like, wasting a lot of money and then being in that field for a number of years because you feel like you have to make use out of your degree or because you can't afford to go back and do something you want to do. Mm-hmm. like you're better off taking the break figuring out what you want to do and then going back instead of just trying to force yourself to do what everyone else is doing. I know when you're, like, applying for college, it seems like the end-all, be-all that you get into college now because that's when everyone else is applying. But spoiler alert, once you get in, no one is the same age as you. No one got to college the same way. I was in the exact same sociology class as my cousin, who was 24. Like, you know, it just – it it doesn't matter. Like, there was 6-year-old people. There was 25-year-old people. There was 18-year-old people in my course. You don't ask people's ages – I mean, some people, it's obvious that they're older, but, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets along. I know some people who are, like, best friends with mature students, and they were, like, 18. And it was, like, just, just you know, it, it, I feel like when you go from a system where everyone's the same age, because you started school at the same time, and you go through it year by year by year, and unless you get held back or something, you know, everyone is the same age throughout school. It seems like it's so important that you, you know, go into college is the same age as everyone else. But once you get there, you realize it doesn't matter because no one in college is the same age.
0: Mm. Yeah. And like, if you want to take like three, four five years to go bartend, you can go do that. If you want to go work abroad, you want to get a visa for America for a year if you're not in America already, you can go do that. Like just do the stuff don't feel like you're pressured to do it immediately because as well as that i've heard from people and i've said it in the past like oh my god i'm too old to do this now like i'm in my 20s even if you're in your 50s or your 60s what does it matter how old you are use whatever time you have to do the thing that you know is going to make you happy rather than ensuring that you're going to be unhappy for the rest of your life yeah like you're never
1: too old to learn yeah like there's you're never too old to learn something new. And even if, like, you could just be learning that something new for fun. You might have a job that, you know, gets you your money and that you're satisfied with. And you might just be interested in, in learning, like, archaeology or classics. And you might not be able to afford to take the risk of finding a job in a field that is, you know, very difficult to get into. But you can, you, can, you know, just study it, learn about it, you know, stuff like that, if you can afford to, obviously. But, yeah. And, like, also taking the time out, you were saying like you're financially able to start now is a good thing because, so I, my parents paid for my undergraduate and they're lending me the money for my master's, but I am paying them back as soon as I have a steady paycheck. Um, but, so I'm very fortunate in that sense. I had friends who had to pay for college themselves and I know it was very difficult for them to get the money the enough money they needed to pay off school while also like staying on top of everything while also traveling to and from school all the time and like honestly i don't know how they did it some of them had to take out like loans at ridiculous rates because it was the only way they could pay for college and stuff like that and if if it's too stressful like obviously if you are traveling two hours in and out of college and you're working like 18 hours a week and you're studying I don't know how many hours a week, you know, if if that's not viable for you, then it's okay to take the time out as well to build up that money you need so that you can like dedicate yourself entirely to it or so that you can get to the place like you were saying where your schedule is flexible enough that you can like slot everything in at once and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically to sum up everything we have said do the thing that make you feel the good. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> we need that on t-shirts. <laughs> do the
1: thing that make you feel good.
0: <laughs> yes. Let's make merch with that on a t-shirt, on a mug, we'll everything. <laughs> on a mug, definitely. I, if ever we do podcast
1: merch, it's got to be on a mug first.
0: Oh, obviously, a, of course. On, on a mug.
1: But um, yeah, because I, I don't know. I was just that when you said the financial thing, I was just thinking about when I had my job and it was
0: killing me softly. It's <laughs> not the tune to wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. It's at least you got the words right because you usually get the tune right but the words wrong.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah, I I was working in a in a fast food restaurant. Now,
0: is it fast food? I don't know. I think it was a restaurant. It's fast food.
1: It's like a sit-in. Fast food restaurant.
0: Yeah. Though, anyway, um,
1: yeah, it killed me. It was it was death. But also, I was doing night shifts, um, in the city, which is an hour away, and does not have great public transport
0: back to my house in the middle of the night. Mm. Pro tip: Don't do that. Pro tip: That's stupid. Yeah, that's one of the few things we have in common with our like academic and career stuff over the last few years. Is we've both done nights and wanted to die.
1: Nights are shit. They're really awful. <laughs> they are shitty shit. <laughs> also, like, to any students out there who are working a part-time job, I know once you get, like, your first job, it seems like the NLB, are, like, you have to stay there. It's, it's your job. But if it's impacting on your education, jump ship. <laughs> because if they're not listening to you saying, like, I need X, Y, and Z off because I have an exam or yada, 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 then, like they're not going to get, it's not, it's never going to get any better if they don't listen to you in the beginning, because I know that was one of my issues with my job. Um, it impacted on my ability to study. It impacted, I, I was working four days in a row, pretty much all night shifts leading up to an exam. That was 80% of my grade and I had failed the other 20%. So I had to get 40%. I did get above 50% in this exam to pass and um, I know it just it I had a like a proper panic attack one of the nights because I was like I'm going to fail this exam I was sitting in the staff room at 2 a.m trying to study human anatomy and I was like I'm gonna fail this exam and this is what I want to do my master's in and I'm just like I, I literally like just came home from work one of these days when I realized my boss wasn't going to give me the day off that I asked for and I just sat on the floor and I like cried so hard because I was convinced I was going to fail that exam, that I was going to have to pay the hundred euro to repeat it, which like I think my parents were going to be sympathetic towards it because they knew how much I was struggling with that particular job. Um, but yeah, I was like stressed that they were going to give out about that, that it was going to look really, really bad when I was applying for master's programs, that I'd like failed the course that is basically based on what my master's is in and all of this. Um, I think one of the reasons my parents volunteered, because um, originally my mom and dad had said that I had to pay for my own master's and I was looking at getting a loan out, but I was hoping to build up enough money that I could get a smaller loan out so I wouldn't have to pay as much interest you know i didn't have to get the whole of my rent money and my accommodation out That like if i could pay for my rent at least then i only had to pay for my fees kind of thing with a loan but um i think once they saw how like stressed i was getting with my job and how it was like impacting on my studies there was like there's no point in her paying for you know her having this job to pay for her master's if she can't get into her master's because of this job so they were like, we'll just lend you the money instead. Which I'm very grateful to my family for. Because I legitimately think I would have failed. If I had been in that job any longer.
0: Yes. God so. bless your parents. They are the sweetest. Love them. I don't <laughs> know what that was. That was <laughs> some kind of religious thing. I don't know. So the way this <laughs> is actually abuse. being recorded. For the video. Actually, I'm just realizing most people aren't seeing the video. So she did some kind of sign of the cross for people who don't know what's going on, what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm doing my masters in... in pretentious bone things. (laughs) Pretentious (laughs) bone things! I don't don't want to repeat the words because they sound pretentious! But, um, so I, like, I think it's kind of important to do more, if you can, obviously if you're you're working and you're traveling and to school and stuff like this it's difficult but if you can do sorry Eva's frozen on my screen (laughs) with her eyes (laughs) closed it's kind of funny (laughs) if you can do like extra things to sort of like stand out a bit so um for example my university had for archaeology had a field school where for two weeks we went to Glendalough and we dug trenches in the rain to uncover archaeological things. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know it was all Christian stuff which is not my area of interest but you know it was it was a good experience. I got site experience. I now know how to you know work on an archaeological site and then I know how like the health and safety of all that works and then last year I did an internship module where one of my classes was like for three weeks during the summer, I had an internship and then I had to write an essay about how it was. And that was my entire class. I got five credits for that, Um, which was a valuable experience. The internships were great, but in retrospect, I shouldn't have wasted five credits on that class because I could have been taking a class where it was actually teaching me something. Not that the internships didn't teach me anything, but I could have done them without doing the class. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. but So I worked in the county council in the heritage department for three weeks. And then I also worked um, in a kids' archaeology camp for two weeks um, educating children on archaeology and heritage, which was a lot of fun. I really liked that camp. Um, it kind of in, it, it boosted in me the idea that I like teaching people which is, I hope to stay in research, both doing research and presenting research later on, in the hopes that someday maybe I can become a college professor. Is like top tier dreams. Um, I originally wanted to be like a secondary school teacher, but um, because classics is the, I can't, we don't teach archaeology as a leaving cert subject, so I could only teach classics. And like I said before, a lot of schools don't do classics. So I would have had to learn another subject, which would have been a lot of money and another couple of years. And then I would have had to do a master's. I would have done the master's first and then learned another subject. Um, And even then, uh, it would probably be years before I could get a full-time job out of that because there are too many teachers in this country. (laughs) So, you know, when I looked at all of that and when I kind of Saw how much it was gonna be. I was like, I don't want this that bad. It just seemed like an easy out <laughs> with my degree. Um, but yeah. So I feel like if you have the opportunity to to do extra things, then do them because it looks. I suppose it looks better when you're applying for things rather than I did an undergraduate and I did a master's. It's like I did an undergraduate, I did a master's, I did a field school, I did two work placements, I. Uh, Hopefully I wanna be class rep for my master's program if they have that. I know at my university, that when I did my undergraduate at, at UCD, um, the master's students are allowed to be tutors. So they tutor the undergraduate students. Uh, they have paid for that. It's not a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot per hour, but you might only have one hour of classes a week. So, it, you know, it doesn't work out to be a lot, but that also looks good because you're like, you show that you know how to present research and stuff like that. Um, I've also started, I haven't posted anything on it. I've started an academic Instagram. So, and I, I'm on my YouTube channel. I want to post vlogs and sort of like how my master's journey is going kind of thing. Um, and I think all of that would be good because, um, I know a lot of places at the moment are looking, especially in science or research are looking for people who Show that they are able to present uh, complex ideas uh, to the general public. So a lot of people who, and one of my friends does uh, neuroscience, and I know a lot of people in science these days. Um, if they can show that they can present all this, like you know, really science, big language, big talk science terms, big dog (laughs) and caveman and caveman (laughs) and if they can you know if they if they show that they're able to present this to an audience of the general public and that it's getting good feedback then you're more likely not more likely but you know it's, it's another tick in your column of like this is great because their academic information shows us that they know how to present research to other academics but this also shows us that they know how to get science out into the general public which is becoming you know a big part of science now is to get everyone interested in it so i think it's the same with with history and archaeology and stuff like that that like if you can show that you can um present things to people and you can make it interesting to people who might not normally have an interest in it then it's like another another tick in your column so yeah there's just some things I'm trying to do obviously I don't know I haven't like done them yet because I'm not in college I'm not starting for another while so if I like started posting now I'd very quickly run out of things to post about but yeah I just I think if you can just add to your education because just doing the bare minimum even like study-wise even if you're just passing all your classes it doesn't look great because they can see your gpa and if you're just like passing bare minimum like it kind of shows that you're not all that interested in what you're doing and if you're not interested in it why would they be interested in having you in the future so i don't know that's my advice
0: I don't know exactly if that's true life. because
1: I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a fall flat on my face kind of thing.
0: I think that was a good wisdom.
1: And wisdom. <laughs>
0: yes, but you, you missed a prime opportunity there to plug your new Instagram and your YouTube. So you should do that.
1: Yeah, YouTube is Megan McGrath. If you're watching this, um, then our channels, both of our channels are linked in the channel page on our YouTube channel. Yeah, send in the description
0: of this video on YouTube.
1: Yep. Um, And then my Instagram, my regular Instagram is Megan underscore MCGR. And my academic one is Megan of Bones. But like I said, I haven't posted anything on that yet. But I have some ideas. That book I was reading about um, people eating dead people for medicine. (laughs) corpse medicine there's the term corpse medicine there's gonna be a post about that because it's highly interesting
0: (laughs) i would really like to see a post about that because i'm very intrigued by this but i don't know if i would read the entire book because that is not my field of study (laughs) in fact i don't have a field of study
1: it's really interesting though because um i was doing a class a while ago when the teachers were talking about these things called imagined narratives where you like so, I was writing an essay on this site in Greece where it was the cult of Demeter and Persephone were uh, worshipped. So, you know, to do all this research onto the cult and the architecture and what went on there, the ceremonies, and yada, yada, yada. But the teacher also wanted an imagined narrative where you take all the information you've learned and you write a little, like, fit, like, it's It's fictional in the sense that like it doesn't have to be based on a real person or real events, but it does have to be historically accurate to mm. like you know so it's like basically like historical fiction kind of thing, but it the the book I was reading starts out with one of these imagined narratives. And it's the first time I've seen one in like an ac- like proper academic context. And it's really interesting how you can use this to kind of like draw in. you know general public like people who probably wouldn't usually read this book and it kind of gets them into it because it like puts you in the headspace of like here you're you're this character and you're running through the streets of London you've got a skull under your arm and you're bringing it to King Charles or you know whatever and it's like it's like a little fiction piece but it's all like based on on true things that happened and how things were so it's kind of interesting but, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I don't know, if That was it was just at the start of the book, and I was like, oh, I learned about this, and now <laughs> I'm seeing it in practice, and it's cool.
0: I'm just going to say, though, I demand a video on your channel about corpse medicine. If I do not see this, All I'm right. going to be disappointed.
1: When I finish the book, I will do a video on do it. corpse
0: medicine. <laughs> Please, I'm also
1: reading it. a book at the moment, which is, it's not an academic book. It's it's uh, just like a, you know, an if you're interested in this kind of thing, book, um, I don't know what you'd call those books. It's um, this guy, this historian for some reason was doing research into like a bunch of medical journals and stuff and he picked out all the really weird and wacky cases and wrote a book describing each of them. I think it's called like exploding teeth and something else because it's like about all these weird things where like people's teeth were exploding or um, some guy swallowed a bunch of knives and they eventually killed him, but he passed a lot of them, which I find shocking. And then he swallowed some more, and he died. But you know, he swallowed he, more. He, I think, over the course of his life, he swallowed like thirty-seven knives.
0: What a dumbass!
1: And it wasn't even. I don't even think that it was that they stabbed him and killed him. I think it was that the metal corroded inside of him, and that's what killed him.
0: Maybe, 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 maybe he had an. Iron deficiency. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Like how you're just like, okay. <laughs> That's the thing you've said. Um well maybe I should you look confused. Sorry, I know I was glitching for a bit there, but I think I got the gist of what you're saying. Okay. Well, for so your whole plan now for your current moment is you know how to make yourself more um appealing to employers after your master's. My whole thing at the moment is very different here in that. So this is all assuming that this stuff with my course and repeating first year goes ahead because there's still a chance that it won't. But assuming that it does, my plan at the moment is actually for first year not to stress myself out with extra stuff because this is me going back to education. Plus I'll be starting late in the semester and I'll need to catch up. And I was never a good student. Like, I never studied. I never cared, mostly because of mental health stuff. But that's not an excuse, really. But, you know, it's just what happened. So I want to get back into, you know, studying and learning and just throw myself into fully the academic part of it. And then, once first year is over and I've taken my exams, then move on to be like, okay, well, I have my basis in how I study. I'm in the swing of it now. Now I'm going to do this extra stuff. Maybe even look for, like... Over one summer to volunteer somewhere or get an internship and something, you know, stuff like that extra stuff Yeah, because that's like like none of the stuff I've I've done was in first year Like first year was just
1: first year I didn't even get involved in any societies until like halfway through the year Which was a mistake because I also didn't have any friends (laughs) for the first half of the year Because it's impossible to make friends when you're in a room of 600 people But um yeah. Like my first year was, was nothing. The field school I did was during the summer of uh, between first and second year, but it was a part of a college course. So I was still, you know, getting credits for doing it. And I had classes that pertain to it when I went back to school. So it wasn't a stressor because it was built into how I was supposed to be learning kind of thing. And then the internships as well, those were, were during school. So yeah, like if, if you're going back or, you know, if you're, I think in first year especially just leave it just just do get used to being in college like piling stuff on and piling stuff on when you're in first year is not helpful because like you kind of need that baseline to like you know this is this is how my academic life should you know at its baseline be and then if you feel comfortable you know add things on or like do things during your midterm break or your Easter break or summer break and you know like when you're not busy um and stuff like that yeah like I mean I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't recommend like trying to add a bunch of stuff on in first year because like it I think it is one of the most stressful years I think that's why they don't count your GPA is because they realize like everyone's gonna have a bit of a stumble trying to you know get into everything.
0: Mm -hmm. And I I know for as well, for me specifically, one thing I definitely want to look into trying to do, I don't know how I could do this, how I could find my way. But I think once, you know, I have the connections and I'm in the college, I might find a way to do it in second year or third year. Um, So one of the reasons the psychological studies isn't actually accredited is because there's basically no research modules, which is an extremely important, important part of psychology. So I wanna try and find a way to get involved with research outside of my own academic studies. So either, you know, volunteer to help with something, see if I can somehow take an extra class, even outside of the college on research in psychology, um, just to get that extra experience. Because I know for a fact, when I wanna go apply for a master's, that's gonna go in my favor, that I have this edge on the other people who aren't accredited didn't do an accredited psychology course that i have some research experience and it's also something that i know i want to hopefully work in in the future is research so it's important for me you know so yeah like
1: um i'll also say i know in my university a lot of the psychology students uh who are doing their masters and stuff had to do you know like studies and stuff or we're working with professors on studies that they were doing and so they had a lot of like volunteer sheets up for like do you want to volunteer for our study which obviously like you can't put down as like experience but it is an experience in the sense that you'll understand what it's like from the other side for when you are doing research kind of thing to be like well, i've been on the other side of the table i know what it's like to be the research subject you know sort of thing so like if any of those pop up they might be good ideas Mm -hmm. i like things like um well one of my teachers at college one of my professors um was a professor in osteology that that she wasn't teaching that at the university though because our university doesn't really do uh osteology but um she she has a degree in osteology But she focuses on mobility. So the class was in mobility with like a little bit of like how osteology can tell us about mobility. But she was a member of the Irish Society for Osteoarchaeologists. or I can't remember what the, the exact name of it is. But it's the like official accreditation society that you're supposed to join if you want to kind of like, you know, meet other osteologists and like get your research out there kind of thing. And she invited the students to their annual like their AGM and no one went but me because I'm the only one who likes bones. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was an interesting thing because they were presenting the research they'd been doing over the year. And, you know, you got to see things like that. So, like, if any of your, you know, professors, like, recommend things, like, try and grab at them. Even if you can't be like, this is something I went to. Like, you can get a look at how it's going to be later on. You know, it gives you kind of a good insight into, like, what you're aiming to be be or where you're aiming to be in a few years kind of thing yeah Stuff
0: like that. you won't be clueless basically when you start yeah. off yeah yeah because it's
1: interesting I'm, i found it
0: interesting it sounds pretty cool actually well do we have any final notes on education
1: school sucks but also school's
0: fun <laughs> <laughs> i'm just surprised yeah. we mostly managed to stay on topic
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I, would, I would say though, one of the, the big things I stress when I was a peer mentor and stuff is um, if your college has societies and stuff, join them and actually go to the events. I know it seems stressful, but actually go. Because all of my college friends I got from the Harry Potter Society, do not stand, do not love JK Rowling, she a bitch, don't like her anymore, horrible <laughs> person. But all of my college friends came from the Harry Potter Society. So, like, you know, I know it's, like, it can seem stressful to go to them, but, like, a little coffee morning or, you know, stuff like that. Like, if it, if it turns out bad, you can just turn around and walk away. No one's going to be offended. Trust me, I was on the committees If people turned around and walked away. We were not offended. We just tried a little harder to be, you know, inclusive of the next people that came in. And some societies suck. They're not inclusive. The committee is very clicky. They, you know, they don't, they don't try with new people. But a lot of them do try because we don't get funding if we don't get new people. <laughs> so you know I just just for anyone who's starting college now or is, is starting college next year, with the social aspect and societies are very important for that because trust me, I was in two of the smallest arts programs you can be in, archaeology and classics, and I still found it extremely difficult to befriend people in my classes. There was this one girl who, I would see from across the lecture hall and I was like, you and I, we would be best friends just by looking at you. I know we would be best friends. Never spoke to each other until a Harry Potter coffee morning where we both turned to each other and said, I always thought we'd be great friends, but I never had the confidence to go up and talk to you. (laughs) And now she's doing the same master's program as me and has just finished. She was the one I was talking about earlier, just finished the master's program. And, um, yeah, we're, we're still good friends. So, you know, like, trust me, I understand that like lecture halls are stressful and you know, you don't, they're, they're not conducive to making friends because that's not really what you're supposed to be there for. But if, you're, if you have groups or societies or, or clubs or anything like that at your college, join, because really that's probably the only place you're going to make friends.
0: The final thing I want to stress before we go because we didn't really mention this because you know both of us our end goal end goal education wise is third level masters possibly phd not everyone has to go or wants to go to university not everybody has to go or wants to go to third level education of any kind it is not the right path for everybody some people just don't want it some people don't need it for their career path i mean for example you can become a web developer without ever setting foot in a university so don't ever feel like you have to do it. If it's something you want to do, then by all means, make that happen if you can. But if you don't have to and you don't want to, just don't. Don't feel pressured by anybody. That is my wisdom for the day.
1: Yeah. Oh, on that note, though, I I, I feel like I know some people who... Because I've graduated this year, so all of my friends, most of my friends have graduated this year as well. And I know some people who they feel like failures because they don't want to go and do masters. And that's perfectly fine because I feel like when you're in college, you're in a very academic and research-based world where if you don't want to go on to do academia or research, that sort of feels like a failure because you know you haven't like gone on, you haven't improved yourself more. And that's not the case. Like a lot of people, you know, you do your BA, you leave, you can get a very good job from that, you could move up very quickly, you know, you could could be perfectly happy that way. A lot of people don't want to go into academia and research, but I can understand that when you're in that environment, it feels like kind of a failure if you don't want to continue, like, learning more. And I just, I want to say, like, yeah, it's not for everyone. Like, starting college at all is not for everyone, and continuing on once you've graduated your undergrad is not for everyone. You don't have to do it. Like, you can get perfectly good jobs. You can get perfect jobs with no degree. and You can get perfectly good jobs with just an undergraduate. Like, it doesn't matter. They're like, everyone's got their own way of going at things. And if university isn't for you, but you do need Like, you know, some kind of education to get into what you want to get into. Like, I would suggest talking to people that are in that field or, you know, stuff like that, because they might tell you that there's another way around. Like, you know, universities will always tell you, oh, if you want a job in this, then come do our degree. But if you actually ask anyone in that field, they'll probably tell you like, oh, well, this percentage of our employees actually came from this route instead. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like. If, if there's something you really want to do, but you feel like you have to have a degree in it, look into it fully first and make sure. Because you might not actually need what you think you need. There, there's always roots around. Like I know when I started college, going in on the leaving cert seemed like the only way to do college. and There was no other way. And if you failed the leaving cert, your life was over. And then once you got in there, you realize there's a hundred different ways to get into college. And there's a hundred different ways to get into a job. That don't involve going to college. So yeah, I mean, I'd say it's education isn't everything. Obviously, it is important, and if you want to do it, definitely, like you know, put the effort in, do it. It's worth it. But if you don't want to do it, there are other ways around things as well.
0: Look at you, so wise.
1: Look at you. It's the French. The French makes me sigh. (laughs)
0: yes the fringe is what gives you your wisdom it's my power (laughs) well on that very wise very powerful note i think we could probably call this the end of episode two That's a podcast. (laughs) That's a podcast. Before we go, guys, please, if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe and turn on notifications. If you are listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, please follow us. And as we already said at the beginning, you can also find us at CACU Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Same handles.
1: Yeah, we update every two weeks. I think this one's going up a little late, but we will try and be every two weeks.
0: And we might be late.
1: I think it's supposed to go up today.
0: I thought it was supposed to go up next week. We are going to work on our schedule. <laughs> We're working and... on
1: it. <laughs> We're new. We're working on it. It's fine. Yes, this but, is a new Yeah, I was, I was checking out. I was very in. I just want to give claps to everyone who watched the first episode because I was very impressed with our numbers Um, mm-hmm. on everything. We've we've got like 200 and something subscribers on YouTube, which is more than I've got <laughs>
0: You've got more than 200 on YouTube. I've got
1: like 250. I think we've got 270 on the podcast. (laughs) Most of those are probably Eva's people that she hasn't bullied into joining my channel. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I was just very surprised by all the numbers. And I sort of thank everybody for watching the first podcast for all the nice comments and stuff that you left on the um, YouTube Video. I'm pretty sure, because we upload this on Anchor and I'm fairly sure if you listen on Anchor you could also leave comments there. So um, I just want to thank everybody for their support yes. on the first episode. Yep. It is heartwarming. <laughs> I'm
0: but heartwarming. Thank you. <laughs> My heart, it is warm. It is usually cold, currently it is warm. It, is warm. Uh, it has but- grown four <laughs> times
1: its size.
0: I'm no longer Grinch. <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, though, big thank you to people because the people received it really well. And, you know, it could have gone terribly. Nobody could have listened or people could have listened and hated it. And if you guys weren't listening, this would just be the two of us on a Zoom call. So uh, wait, you. you. It's not
1: bad. We, we <laughs> I, it, this is our catch up time as well, but also yes. it's nice
0: yeah it is nice to have people you know listening when we want them to listen and the stuff that we keep private we cut out and maybe eventually we'll make an outtakes video
1: (laughs) yeah um just the beginning of this alone would be its own
0: outtakes (laughs) (laughs) yes it really would anyway Uh. thank you for listening to episode two we love you subscribe follow all the things have a beautiful next two weeks until we upload again and uh bye that's the (laughs) podcast That is a podcast. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)